0: listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan. This is Seth and Marissa is with us here today. Uh, Today we're going to talk about discouragement. What what do you do when discouraging situations arise and how do you deal with that? Uh, This is right in the new year. And we know that this is a time when stuff just gets hard. You know, the weather's yeah. always rough and nasty. The holidays have passed. And so what do you do in discouraging situations? When you're, when you both find yourself in situations, seasons of discouragement, what, what is your initial reaction?
0: Um, mine is probably, you know, I like to feel all the feels. Um, so I'll probably take a day to just kind of Maybe sit in it, watch a good movie, watch a good few good movies. I'm always just kind of letting myself feel what I want to feel for a little bit and then trying to, okay, now what's next? Like, let's kind of push past. So I'd probably take a day to just kind of be like, man, why am I discouraged? Like, try and figure out what it is and then take a day to kind of sit in it and then maybe next day be like, all right, what is something I can do to get myself up and going?
1: I think that's really good. I think pro tip number one. Identify what's making you feel meh.
0: Meh.
2: Self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness. S- yeah, Self- awareness. Be- or, or even just like a biblical idea here, stop and think about your life. Stop wow. and think about what's going on. Like Selah, yeah. if you will. Now, isn't that true? Because some people
1: are discouraged, but they've never taken the moment to pause and think about what is it that's making me discouraged. Now, sometimes those are real responsibilities that you can't get away from. But sometimes there are things that you can remove from your life that are discouraging you that, for some reason, you just keep enabling to, to be around. And so, so let's say the discouraging thing is something real, a responsibility that you, you can't just ditch out on. So how do you deal with discouraging situations?
2: Mm. I think
1: Marissa wisely said, I just take time and let myself feel that way for a moment and watch movies, chill, have a re- relaxing, refreshing day. Seth, what would you say?
2: I actually joined Marissa in in this. um, I I sit in it for a moment. Yeah. Um, I don't think that pain or discouragement is something we should avoid. That's a good word. I think it is something that enhances life when we don't let it uh, control us. Mm. And Mm. and so, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if I've ever shared it on here, but like between my first two kids, my wife and I lost a child. Mm. And rather than like... Uh, people tried to get us to come get out of our house, go out to dinner. Like they tried us to do stuff, and mm. and we just fasted for a week and like let the pain of life intensify in our hearts and our souls, yeah. so that we would then drive us to to need Jesus. Mm. And uh, so sometimes like pain is something we should sit in, we should let it marinate and then drive us to need Jesus all the more. Um, and, and, we're not talking about depression guys and girls. Listen, we're not talking about like, you know, something that you need to see a, a doctor for. We're talking about just life when, when, when it hits you hard and, and you need, uh, a, a, and, and it's going to go away. You know, it's a momentary thing. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we do. We like, I sit in it for a second and then afterward, um, I've got uh, a couple hobbies that I'm into, I like to mm-hmm. run. I like to golf. Um, I go do something. Uh, That's good. And, and, it, and it, it takes me to a place that I find joy, as we've kind of arranged this this talk also. But, like, man, it's just so true in my life. I go to a place where I find joy, and, and I rejoice, and I have fun, and then I can come back, and, and, and I'm not obsessed with, with my pain.
1: That's good. So if pro tip number one was, like, identify what's making you feel meh, then yeah. pro tip number two could be find an escape
2: I don't like the word escape. Yeah, okay. because because you're not you're not trying to forget something. That's true. But rather, you're just trying to find in the midst of discouragement joy for a moment. That's good. Find you know? find
1: something to rejoice in yes, is a better way to that, say. I it. love that that terminology. Find something to rejoice in, and, and yeah. that can be simple. That can be relationships, like you mentioned, hobbies, uh, yeah. or just hey, I really enjoy this cup of coffee, and yeah. I'm going to love this moment. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's a discouraging situation, I'm going to love this moment when I have this coffee in front of me. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I'll even piggybacking off of that, like I think um, kind of two things that popped up is people don't necessarily want you to fix their their problems or their discouragement or like yeah. if they're discussing with you maybe something discouraging that happened, um, I would not initially jump at it as a time to um, – like, help fix it for them, Um, I think listening, um, back to maybe every other episode we've talked about, listening is important, so just listen to them, and um, let them, let them air it out, and talk about it, and um, then the second thing is, discouragement, and, you know, that, the speed of which you pick yourself back up, that's different for everybody, and that, um, you know, What that looks like and what discourages you and, you know, just like what's going to make you feel better or like the, just what you were saying, coffee, whatever it is, I think that's different for everybody. So there's no ever need to feel pressure to like, well, this worked for them. This has to work for me. Um, I think. Like running, like when I'm stressed, I, I'll go on a run and like just think through things or, um, you know, go out with some friends or um, that kind of thing. So I think it's different for everybody as I, well.
1: I think that's good. You mentioned something, Marissa, that I think we need to highlight, people being around you. Hmm. I, I think for me, in those discouraging situations, being around encouraging people changes the scenario for me because I'm going to discourage myself. Like mm. I'm going to pile it on myself, but when I'm with someone that gives me a breath of fresh air and... Helps me see the hope and the light, and that, that's really engaging for me.
0: Yeah, and like thinking about someone else, like yeah. Well, and they help us put
2: put our problems or our discouragements into perspective. Wow, like you know, an encourager is not someone that's going to lie to you or someone that's going to give you false hope. An encourager is somebody that's going to put your discouragement into. Perspective, and they're going to bring to light the the truth of God and His Word, and and of 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 the hope that we have in Christ. And they're not going to try to take your mind off of your problems. They're going to try to encourage you through them by by saying, "Hey, it's going to be good, man. Like God has a plan. God has a purpose through all this." Um, and so I think that's something for those of us around mm-hmm. someone discouraged. Like, man, you're not trying to give them false hope. You're trying to give them the hope. Wow. Um, and then. I'd also say that uh, if you're the person that is discouraged or going through that time of discouragement, um, allow people to encourage you. Yeah. Like, don't be the person that loves to mope around and mm. bring everyone else into it. Wow. Well, you know, um, because there are
1: some people. I mean, we have to admit there are some people that are constant Eeyores. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason when they wrote Winnie the Pooh, they yeah. included an Eeyore character.
2: That's right. It's like Seinfeld. There's, there's a character that everybody fits into.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so how, if, if we tend, if somebody listening tends to be the Eeyore character, I, I think we've said some things that are really helpful. Find opportunities to rejoice. Yeah. Identify what's making you feel meh. And, and really surround yourself with encouraging friends.
2: And sometimes people maybe are in Eeyore because they didn't take a moment to sit in it. Mm. but rather they just let it kind of seep in their heart. Does that make sense? Yeah like there's a difference between intensifying our discouragement so that we can find healing and, and needing Jesus and just letting it seep in our heart and mm-hmm. then and then never addressing it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah and, yeah, and maybe I think not. Uh, yeah well no no, I'm saying yes, it does make <laughs> sense. I, I think too though, trying to understand what is God teaching me in this season? Uh, that, that's yeah. so valuable yeah. and that mm. God's teaching you something in every season he longs to. And so in those seasons of discouragement, when you're, when you're a bit depleted, just ask, well, God, what are you teaching me? Because yeah. I think he has a lesson there. Um, and, and Seth, you mentioned something we need to elaborate on. You said focus on the biggest, bigger picture. Yeah. And, and so how, how is it even possible when you're in those discouraging situations to look beyond the moment and focus on what's bigger and going on? Because it can feel defeating in those moments.
2: Hmm. I think sometimes we have to, we have that the prep work for focusing on the bigger picture in our discouragement is done before we're discouraged. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. We prepare our hearts and our minds for a future discouragement by, by, by being, by being gospel centered throughout our life. Mm. Um, I hope that makes sense a little no, bit. No, absolutely. And sure. So so right now... Because we forget the truth in the midst of discouragement.
1: So right now, let's say somebody listening is is not discouraged. But, you know, it's going to come. It is inevitable. It will happen in your life at some point. So the truths that you invest in and build into your life now mm. are the things that lay bare when discouragement takes
0: hold.
2: And I think that's part of the problem that, that we see so many problems with discouragement and and not clinical depression but like uh, tr- like circumstantial depression mm-hmm. with with young people today is we haven't grounded ourselves in truths yeah the, in in the word of God or or in or in who he says that we are so that when discouragement comes we don't have tools that can help us in our discouragement
1: well I, I think in this moment psalm 23, even I walk through the darkest valley. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd; like He is with me, leading and guiding me. Mm-hmm. His rod and staff they comfort me, and and there's something special about that. Can I
2: sp- can I speak into that? So yeah. like when I was a kid, I I was scared of the dark. Okay, mm. and I was in something called Bible drill. Yeah, and so we had to memorize passages of Scripture, like Psalm 23. I memorized that as mm. a child, and and when I would get scared in the middle of the night. I would just quote Psalm 23, something my mom told me to do. She said, quote that Bible verse, right? Yeah. Well, my son is seven and a half, and he's scared to death of the dark right now. Mm. And he'll wake up frantic in the middle of the night, and he's just like, what do I need to do? And I'm like, listen, like, you know, let's, let's, so I haven't taught him to memorize Psalm 23. Yeah. Which, it's not saying that's a magical Bible verse, but, yeah. but it's a truth, right, that my God will be with me. And mm. and so, like, I haven't given him the tools yet.
1: Well, and you know what's incredible about just that moment is when you learned that, you learned it in the daytime. Yeah. And then when oh, the I dark didn't... came, yeah. when, when the dark set in, like, you ready. had that encouragement and that truth. And I think that's a great point. That'll preach, Ryan. Dude, that'll preach. That's <laughs> a great point that, that in this, this light season of our life, we have to prepare for the darkness that yeah. is going to set in in moments okay so so we've talked about how focusing on the bigger picture is really helpful yeah just knowing that this is a season this is not a lifetime or an eternity this is a season that you're going through that you can sit in for a while that you can find opportunities to rejoice I, I think there's Be something around encouraging people being around encouraging people also I think there's something about contentedness that we're mm-hmm. talking about here and you know Paul when he was writing uh, Philippians chapter 4 verses Ten through fourteen specifically, I would encourage you to go read it. Encourage you to go read it. Um, Beautiful, but yeah, and well, so, but but there's something there, in that Paul Paul's in prison, like it's a bad situation, and he says, "I rejoice because of the people around me," and then he said, "I found the secret to being content in all things." Man, that's a powerful word. Yeah, and he said, "Whether in times of abundance, times of need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me."
2: And so, so I tell me that's not about baseball, like hitting home runs. I mean, maybe it can, can help you all hit home runs through Christ who strengthens me. That's not <laughs> what it's about.
1: It's all things, bro, all things. But but I think the bigger truth is this: that being content is a condition of the heart, not a condition of your circumstances. Yeah, and, and that's something we really mm-hmm. have to comprehend: is that I'm content not because everything around me is going well, but because my heart's in the right spot. Yeah, and and so y'all two tell us. How can you? How can your heart be in the right spot, even when everything around you is bad?
0: I think that the times that I'm the least, the least content is when I completely lose focus on um, my life and, or my life with people and how mm. much joy others bring me and the things I'm thankful for. So yeah. something when I'm um, in a more discontent season, I'll be like, all right, Marissa. What are you thankful for? Like, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for Lizzie. I'm thankful for Hannah. I'm thankful for Robert. I'm thankful um, for my grandma. Just that, that for me specifically is always really helpful. And not that that's some magical thing, but there are things that I can list that I'm thankful for that Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, time to wake up. And, and a lot of, I think my discontentment can just be when I'm really focused on myself. I'm thinking, well, this isn't happening the way I thought it was going to and this isn't happening this way. And um, so I think a lot of contentment comes for me when I um, focus on others and like how good my life is and like mm-hmm. how it, how how things are going right now. And actually when I wake up and like look out at the world and not just myself, I'm thinking, wow, my life is really great. And I've been blessed with a lot of really good things. Oh,
2: yeah. That's good. But, but you're thinking about... About those things. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Now, how much more content would we be if we had a spirit of thankfulness throughout the, the year? Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, uh, waiting until we are discouraged to find things to be thankful for yeah. is the wrong way to go about it. You know? Wow. Uh, to, to constantly, God constantly throughout Scripture tried to remind His children of all that He had done for them. Mm. Like, why when they going into when they're going into the Promised Land the second time, does God in Joshua three and four, uh, why does He stop the flow of the Jordan River? Could they not yeah. have gotten across the river? They probably could have. But He stops the flow to remind them, "Hey, I'm the God who saved you wow. from from Egypt and and took you across the Red Sea on dry ground. Mm. So I'm going to do it again right here to show you that I'm still with you." Wow. You know, He's constantly reminding them of who He is and what He's done. And I think we, as Christians, we need to constantly reflect on who our God is and what he has done. It's what we, I already said just a minute ago, mm-hmm. though. It's the idea that we do the prep work for discouragement when we're not discouraged.
1: Well, I, I think of those church camp moments, and, and that's okay. not just a like church okay. camp, but those okay. moments of spiritual high in my life. Yes. And, and, you know, you always come off of those. Like yeah. you have those moments where you yeah. experience God in a great way. And then two weeks later, you're you're living normal life. I mean, those truths have impacted you, but you're living normal life. I think remembering that the God who spoke so mildly in those times is the same God who wants to see me through these seasons, that the God who delivered me is the same God who wants to sustain me. I, I find that I often lack contentedness when I quit focusing on my heart and start focusing on the stuff around me. So I become really discontent when I think, oh, my friend has this thing and I want that thing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I need to have this much money to get this much stuff. Or these are the circumstances. When I look at my circumstances around, I am always going to be discontent. Yeah. But when yeah. I focus on my heart and what God's doing in my heart, man, it just makes me thankful. And so uh, contentedness is mm-hmm. internal rather than external. And yeah. I think we have to remember that. And that's a hard truth.
0: Sometimes. Yeah, and I think, like, those contentedness, like, they're just things that we as humans have to battle um, throughout our life until we are with Jesus. That, yeah. um It's just a constant thing where we're going to, we strive to do this thing, but there's always this, this pull of, you know, negative energy or, like, discontentment or whatever. So I think that, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. Not that that should be a crux for, um, you know, not being content, but um, it's something we—it's a perpetual fight, and I think we can forget that. Like, all right, we have to keep fighting. We can't just like become apathetic to our situation or what's happening.
2: Quick game, people at the ABSC that we're the most thankful for. Oh,
0: <gasps> how fun! Number okay. one,
2: A. Ryan Scantling. Thank one you. B. Marissa. Aww.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, high fives all around the room. Yeah, Germex guys, I'm sick.
2: Our Her best friends. Squirt the Germex on
1: there. You know, I, I, I'm really thankful for Randy Garrett, honestly. I mean, that yes. name just popped to mind. That's he it. leads Disaster Relief real. in our state, and he is one of the most encouraging oh, men. That's awesome. What a dude. He, Jimmy yeah. Sheffield, a uh,
0: guy who oh, works here, that just encourages me. What a that's bro. Uh, there's a woman here named who listens Gwen Who to our podcast? Because those are
2: the people I'm the most thankful for. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> good, We're good, going. good.
0: Um, I'm going to go back, say Gwen McAllister. She is the MVP of the convention. That's right. That's right. And and isn't it
1: crazy how just saying you're thankful for people yeah, puts sorry. you in good perspective? It makes Students, me happy. You have- in the middle of discouragement, it's important to know a couple of truths just to review these things. Number one, identify what's mm. making you feel meh. Like, identify meh. and understand those things. Number, pro tip number two, mm. find opportunities to rejoice. Number three, surround yourself with encouraging people and then fourthly, focus on the bigger picture. That contentedness is really a heart attitude more than it's things that surrounded you. Let's close by talking about this. Every circumstance, whether you're discontent, whether you're content, whether you're discouraged, encouraged, every circumstance calls for Christ. Mm. Every single one. And so how can you let Christ shepherd you and lead you in seasons where you're discouraged? Because I think it looks different. How can Christ shepherd you in seasons where you're discouraged?
2: I mean, God is taught me the most in my life Mm. during times of discouragement. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I learned about my God's goodness Mm. in the midst of discouragement. I learned about my God's superior plan to whatever plan I have in the midst of discouragement. I learned that uh, I was a prideful human being who lacked humility in the midst Mm. of discouragement. Like, so I, I think that's, that's, that's it. I mean, yeah. I just, I have grown, I've learned so much. So when discouragement hits, I, I think I can just trust my God that he has, he has a, a wonderful lesson for me if I'll just listen and look for where he's working
1: mm-hmm. for, for me in those seasons where I've been discouraged in my job, um, uh, whether I, I don't think I'm doing well enough or even, you know, one circumstance, I people around me got fired. It was just a devastating situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, just so much discouragement. And I learned then that God had called me, and he was the one who would sustain me through it. Yeah. And those are things that I forget quickly. Like, yeah. God, yeah. it's you that's called me and placed me right here. And it took that discouraging moment instead of circumstances to remind me of that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I retweet what y'all said, and that was... Literally. What Not just thinking. a like, but a
1: retweet. It I was a retweet. That. No, a reshare. Mm. Well, hey, we're going to go ahead and close this one out. You know what's coming up really, really quickly to encourage your hearts, and that is Lead Defend coming on leap
2: day february
1: 29th 2020 (laughs) is gonna be a party robbie zacharias we're excited to welcome him to our state better Uh, yet
2: the podcast lead defend podcast team will be there yes we will we'll
1: be filming live i understand it's gonna be great And so join us there leaddefend.org, all the information until next time thanks for joining
0: that's it for this episode of lead defend until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend Conference, or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead.
1: Do you want to grow deeper in your walk with Christ? Then the Lead Defend Conference is for you. It takes place on February the 29th at the Amando Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. This year we have dynamic speakers like Robbie Zacharias to bring us words of wisdom and encouragement in a broken and run-down world. The cost is $30 and you can register online at www.leaddefend.org or talk with your BCM director or youth minister at your church.
0: a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.